September 12, ladies and gentlemen, 8 o'clock in the evening, New York City. Andrei Boguslavsky taking a beautiful bathtub with some olive oil, not to dry up my skin, and some smelly, very nice smelly rose oils from Arabia, from Egypt, I think. So it smells good. I'm going to smell so good. This episode, because I didn't get any inspirations from my followers, I keep begging for questions, problems, you know, what's in your mind, what are you struggling with first five, ten years of your artistic career. This episode will be about what I'm doing in the past couple weeks. One of my friends, who I know for a few years, a German lady, wants to sell my artwork in Berlin and in Switzerland. She's involved in many businesses, and one of them, she's a agent for talented football players. She goes to Africa, to Brazil. She brings those players to Germany, all over Europe, basically. She signs big contracts. She gets her 15% as an agent from multi-million dollar contracts, as you can imagine. So she's a deal maker, okay? She's also in real estate, very successful in real estate. And her girlfriend is uh, in real estate full-time. So they're both very sharp women. And because they are impressed with my personality, they're very engaged in um, conversation about my art in the past couple years. So they know me, they know my art. So it's a good start. If it wasn't so, if you were... So this episode is about how to groom an art dealer, how to prepare an art dealer to sell your art. Because you walk into a gallery, let's say you're visiting Chicago, let's say you're from Midwest, you're from small town, you walk into a gallery and you say, oh, what a beautiful gallery, oh, you should sell my paintings, oh, you can make so much money with my paintings. It's not gonna work like that, you understand? First of all, don't walk into a gallery with an objective to solicit your your portfolio in the reception night. When the gallery is having a reception and you're visiting a Chicago and you on the internet figured out there are five galleries having receptions that particular Saturday night, it's a good idea to dress up nicely or, or lavishly like creative artists, wear your jacket painted by yourself, uh, hand painted like original so but the jeans you know very casual so it must be a combination of something real classy casual handmade you know you you need to look like an artist not like a weirdo not like those uh, you know i met all kinds of shamans who are energy healers throughout my life in the united states and they all dress up shit knows like fucking crazy people even in a mental house you don't see this guy no I, uh, what can I say? Well, you need to develop your own style, how to dress up in public events, but people need to recognize you as a trademark after a few years. You need to be the insider of the art business. You need to know all the names of the gallery owners. How many are there in Chicago? The people you want to know, there are only a hundred. There are only a hundred people who are not frame shops and who don't sell secondary market, you know, Willem de Kooning and Picasso, who will be able and willing to sell artwork for five, ten thousand dollars. You understand? So there aren't many. And they you need to make them personal friends for a very particular reason. 
because you're going to be giving them credit. Credit. One month show or two weeks show, you're giving this gallery a credit of the amount of $20,000, $50,000, $100,000 worth of paintings. The paintings are finished. The product is finished. And the gallery takes this credit for 30 days. And in the contract you sign for a show, it says the gallery must pay you everything by the last day of the show. Do not sign any fucking open date contracts when the gallery is not obliged by any day to pay you for shit they sold, you understand? This is very important. And the contract also should say they can keep few paintings after the show with no exclusive rights for radius of 100 miles or 50 miles for the city. So you understand? So you can have another show in, in, in... So the gallery is not making commitment and you are not making a commitment. So they're having a show of yours. So ultimately, you'll be giving credit to those people you just met. So don't be stupid. Don't be like fucking credit card companies giving away credits and never collecting the money after all. Nobody's going to bankruptcy because they have insurance companies. But you might go to bankruptcy if you gave 20 paintings for a month and the months went by and they sold 10 paintings and they own you, you know, $60,000 and they disappear three months later, literally, with your money. They, if you're lucky, you, you get your shit back that didn't sell. So it happens all the time, okay? Because dealer is a dealer. Dealer is not a producer. Dealer doesn't have personal engagement in your merchandise. For you, each painting is a life journey. It's a proof that you have been into the divine area of your mind or universe. You have entered the zone and you expressed your spirituality mixed with your thoughts, ideas, and concepts you, you just recently acquainted, you know, people said that, you know, we're, we're Martians, for instance. What a fucking crazy ideas, you know, all life on Earth comes from Mars. It's fucking crazy. It's been around for a few years. And uh, <coughs> so for you, art is your personal journey, okay? It's this inner guts that you bring out onto the public. But for a dealer, it's primarily money. But to make this money, to sell art, to sell $20,000, $10,000, canvas with some shit on it, paint on it, uh, the canvas is worth $100, $600, big linen, you know, uh, and asking $10,000 retail, it's just illogical. So what people are paying for? They're paying for an illusion of beauty, ideas, exactly what you are creating. But it has to be packaged, presented, and spoken about, spoken of. So, when you go to a gallery, not in the reception night. In the reception night, you go to socialize. You actually go not to drink too much. Don't get drunk like I did, and don't pick up some strangers and fuck them later. No. You can go to after party if you are invited, but stay sober because you will have opportunity to actually meet bankers and, and stockbrokers who buy this art from this gallery. Because the um, art dealer, the, the director of the gallery, is there cruising the gallery throughout the evening from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. His job is to shake a hand with every old collector 
he already knows, uh, you know, by heart for many years, and he pushes them all kinds of shit. But there are also some new people making inquiries. People who really want to buy at the reception, they will approach the front desk or the desk where they give away free wine, and they will ask for a price list, okay? And they're going to walk around trying to figure out this painting number six is $12,000, okay? Walk to the next one she likes, the big yellow one. It's only $6,000, but it's too small. So this is what our director will be hitting on. Somebody new who is not acquainted, who is too shy to talk because... It's about money, you know, she she didn't intend to buy anything, she got invited by her girlfriend, the girlfriend didn't show up, and there she is, you know, she's executive at the company, or maybe she's a doctor, so the gallery director will be hitting on those people who pick up a price list, okay? And this is exactly what you're going to do. Because sometimes there will be too many people inquiring about the prices. When you see somebody walking around with a price list, you just come over straight in the face. You stop talking to anybody you're talking to, your friend, girlfriend, mother, father, fuck them. You go straight to the person who picked up a price list and the director is not talking to her her yet or him you say oh i love this one too oh yes i love the yellow it's too bad it's so small but it's so powerful and she's listening to you she's not a connoisseur in art but listening few statements you're gonna make about art that is hanging in not your art somebody else's art she will realize you're an artist because you wear this bizarre jacket you painted you know original and you talk professional language professional vocabulary and she will be very interested in what you have to say it's it's, it's a topic of conversation you know she came to socialize she didn't intend to buy anything she might get late tonight <laughs> The point I'm trying to say is receptions is uh, is a grinding job. It's basically soliciting your ideas, but not to the gallery director. The gallery director sees your face and he will remember your face. He will remember you're an artist. So if you come back two weeks later when it's not a reception, the gallery director might be there and you will bring a sandwich for lunch. Yes, for him and for you. And you will be grateful. This is a good start of conversation. Don't just fucking walk in there and say, I'm a great artist. Why don't you look at my paintings? I, I, I'm really awesome. Everybody wants to buy my shit. I sold out. Never say you sold out, okay? They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear in your studio there's some fucking leftovers and the best shit got picked up last week. Never say that. You can generally say, well, after he looks at your work, the director looks at your work, you might say, you know, landscapes sell well to men and sailboats, but women prefer to buy flowers and erotic, small erotic works on paper. And the men also buy very big paintings for dining rooms. Usually it's a family decision, husband and wife, you right? So, this kind of statistical data, you can actually make it up. Even if you never sold a fucking painting in your life, you understand? The director of the gallery probably knows you're nobody. There is a saying in art world, business world, if your paintings don't sell for $250,000, 
you're nobody. Okay, and that was 20 years ago when I heard that. So it's probably half a million now after COVID. So if your paintings don't sell for half a million dollars, you're fucking nobody. Literally, fucking nobody. You might think you're a genius. Your mother thinks you're a genius. Everybody in your school thinks you're a genius. You're fucking nobody, okay? I mean, you can fuck anybody you want. Okay, so uh, art gallery receptions is good. How do you groom this art dealer that seems to be logical, not exuberant, not an a-hole, not an alcoholic, just like just like a smart person running a successful business, okay? Well, you need to groom him or her. You need to come back in the daytime and with a sandwich for lunch. <laughs> this is an old trick that I learned from Molly. Molly was dating Willem de Koenig in the 1960s. She had a gallery for 30 years in Los Angeles. She made many artists very famous, okay? She wrote a book I recommend, How to Get Hanged. Last time I looked at Amazon, it's nowhere to be found. I'm not sure where is my copy. You know, How to Get Hanged. And I'm not sure she's alive. Last time I saw her was 10 years ago. She was pretty old. So she, she recommends, you know, when you walk into a gallery, she knows you're an artist. Oh, my God. You walk into the gallery, your shirt is out of your pants. The front desk girl who just got out of college knows you're an artist. <coughs> she got out from art history or art critic, you know, class, uh, college. And she knows you're an artist, the way your hair goes, the way you... They know, they know. You walk on the street, you can tell this guy's an artist. This guy's a musician, that crazy shit is poet, and this one is a painter, okay? Because he's picking his nose with his dirty hands. So they know, they know. So the conversation should start not from you pushing your paintings on this art dealer, but from a very casual sandwich. Let's sit down, let's have a fucking sandwich. And maybe share a couple stories, some funny stories about how you went painting last summer and there was this raccoons started walking on your unfinished, you know, wet acrylic paintings on the ground and they made uh, footprints, uh, uh, raccoons, you know, raccoon prints, paw prints, and then you sold all of them. Everybody wanted to buy more raccoon prints because it's a sign of an event that rarely happens that raccoon, like I have flower paintings with bees stuck on it because the bees thought there were real flowers and they stuck on the paint and that's it. And I covered it with acrylic 65, it's stuck there forever. The collector looks at it, he looks at a fucking real bee and it's not gonna fall off, it's stuck there forever, like under glass, you know. So an event in space time, that particular day, you were painting landscapes, a raccoon walked on, on your paintings and made a contribution to your creativity, but it also created this inevitable event in a, in, a, in a fabric of space and time that will never happen again, besides you creating landscapes and trying to, to, to figure out the real colors, composition, and showing the beauty and your passion for a visible landscape. Uh, so, so this kind of anecdotes, like, like, you know, something funny about your life, creative life. The other night you were spray painting some murals, some graffiti, and cops came and uh, instead of arresting you, they actually fucking help you because your statement said, fuck City Bank. 
and the cops hate Citibank because it's a monopoly abusing people with their interest rates and shit like that. And the cops help you instead of arresting you. So it's a story, you understand? It's an anecdote. And there are plenty of stories as you're an artist because you don't live along the established rules in life. You, you have a liberty to act spontaneously, creatively. I knew one Russian guy, I was a kid, I was like 16, he was a famous realist, very realistic painter, and he would go to the park in Russia and take a rock and hit the, the statue, marble statue, break off a head and bring it to his studio and use it as inspiration to paint his fucking still lives. His still lives were like this really realistic 17th century Dutch masters with, you know, oysters and lobsters. So, uh, you know, crazy person, like a fucking crazy. His brother was KGB agent and he didn't go to jail for this. But he had a yellow license, you know, he had papers that he's a fucking freak. So that's why he didn't go to jail. Otherwise, it's, you know, vandalism, it's 10 years in prison in Russia. Back in the Soviet Union, you know, in the 80s. You fucking kidding me? So, I'm grooming these two women in Germany and a potential, potential friend of mine in Japan. Somebody I know for 20 years, Stephen Cole, a banker. Korean banker, now he's in Japan, and he loves my art, he's into Juan Miro very passionately, he's painting occasionally. A lot of art dealers come from creative background. A lot of art dealers wish to fantasize, or they actually went to art college, but then they got into stock market, made a lot of money, or real estate made a lot of money, and then they think, you know, I should go back to it, but, you know, it's kind of um, rough going with the creative process after 20, 30 years in the stock market, so they open a gallery, so they have a taste and education, you understand? These people have a good eye and some kind of intuition, but they build their gallery, the, 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 the way they select artists, it doesn't have to be like all abstract or all surrealistic. No, it's not like that. One artist might be very realistic, the next one will be impressionistic, the next artist they represent will be abstract. Because they, uh, they want to sell to the same collectors something new. And the collectors always expect the gallery to find original, unique, basement garage artist that nobody knows, nobody heard about, someone to invest $10,000 and in 20 years it will be worth $2 million. Because it happens all the time. So the gallery's job, the gallery that is in business in 20 years, they know what they're doing. They already sold a lot of artists who became very famous. Uh, Chuck uh, Close paintings were $5,000 in the 80s. $5,000, now it's $5 million, you understand? The same shit! So it happens all the time, and people not only invest in art, they buy what they like, but it's art dealer's job to package you, to talk about you uh, in such an epic, epic, mysterious, enigmatic way that, that represent your ideas, why you're painting abstract, why you're painting fucking flowers, what does it mean? And so the, to encourage the art collector to buy. So the art dealer needs your stories. The, he needs your insides, why you're painting at all. 
Why did you start painting? Why don't you ride a bicycle and become, you know, just take another career? Why are you a poet, but not a, but not a Olympic swimmer? I don't understand. So basically it's called the artist statement. Any internet gallery is asking always for artist statement. The gallery I recommend is my own gallery, SachaArt.com. Sacha like the biggest private gallery in London. So you need to go there, SachaArt.com, S-A-A. C-H-I-R-T-A-R-T.com and just cruise around and read everything they write about information for artists, how to upload your artwork, how to price your artwork, how to ship your artwork, how to, mm, you know, how to describe your artwork, you understand? So just read, read, read how to photograph your artwork. You need to, to learn all this shit, you understand? It's very hard to sell on the internet. It's very hard to sell on the internet. People, they, they even have this software application where you can take my painting on suchart.com and paste it on your wall above the couch. So you need to back off from the wall, they say 10 feet or six feet, and in this painting will be immediately on your monitor, on, on your screen, on your cell phone on your laptop uh, how big because the software knows the size of the painting and the couch is right there so the collector knows how it's going to look more or less right so it makes it a little easier but not much um, you know live galleries are much easier to sell but the rents rents if you want to be in chelsea that's fifteen twenty thousand dollars and to make $20,000 for a gallery, they have to sell twice as much a month, every month, every fucking month, because they give artists 50%. So the logic of economics of being an art gallery is expensive. Brick and wall gallery, as they say, mortar and brick galleries, it's expensive. This, they need to sell a lot of artwork. It's okay. This is your job to, to explain the insides of your artwork to a dealer. And after all the stories you will tell him, and you will come back next month, and to the next reception, and you will meet him again at the art fair a year later. You know, you're just getting to know each other. So you don't even offer to sell your shit. Just talk about your art, how mysterious, how profound and meaningful your creative process is. You're painting fucking birds because birds are from dinosaurs. Before mammals, there were dinosaurs. So the origins of humanity and all the culture is the fucking birds. So, and the, and, the, and the art dealer will listen to this shit and he will look and he says, okay, let me see the birds. Okay, so you show the bird paintings and he says, well, I don't see any dinosaurs. But, you know, you need to sell your art with the power of your word, talking about your paintings. Because, uh, you know, visual, uh, as they say, you know, painting, um, painting takes one million words. So this is what you need to do. You need to speak one million words about one painting. Just go on endlessly. And you need to start practicing as a young artist. Uh, just show your paintings on the next family barbecue, okay? There's a barbecue and there's a family members. 
and they look at your shit and they say, oh, what a fucking weirdo. Your paintings are weird, man. And you start talking, you start talking, just start explaining your paintings to your friends, your teachers, your, your, your family members, and it will evolve with time. Your stories will evolve. And the more you speak about those paintings, the more you will realize this is just the beginning of your adventure of those birds, right? You started the birds last week and now you're into birds. And as you talk about those birds, you realize there is much more to the bird business subject matter, right? So you might stay with birds for six months, one year, and uh, exhausted to the point of, you know, illness, like mental illness. So fuck the birds, you abandon the birds, but on the meantime, you created hundreds of paintings and sketches and drawings and different sketches and notations and and then you switch to crocodiles. I don't know. So basically what I'm trying to say, when the gallery says they 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 want they, they're interested in your in your dog paintings but they don't care about the birds you're so inspired about, don't be upset about it. Because that's what gallery, you know, the, the, your, your dog paintings are five years old. So what? There are 20, 30, 40 of them. It's the whole series. You were into dogs five years ago. And half of them are... But don't tell the gallery you, you, you sold the best. No, don't say that. If they ask, you say, yeah, I sold a couple here and there. And the white dogs sell well. Black dogs don't sell so well. You, you know, you might want to say that. But the gallery is not going to take your statistical data because they have their own customers. If they are interested in dogs, when the guy comes in, when the art dealer comes into your studio, he already knows he will be able to sell those dogs, dogs to a particular art collector. I actually had, you know, a couple who had the gallery coming to, and they were whispering to their ears, who will buy it? They were saying, you know, Mr. Smith definitely will take Andre's flowers. You understand? So they're offering you a show because they see business opportunity, opportunity to make money. New artists, new blood, you know. Uh, so when you are grooming an art dealer somebody who comes from a real estate from stock markets somebody who is fully capable business-wise but never sold art you also need to share your business experience if you don't have any business experience you just say you had one restaurant show your paintings are on display at your dentist's office and your uncle the lawyer has few paintings in his waiting room and this is your business experience, you know, you don't have any business experience. And the gallery will say, okay, no problem, you know. I mean, the, the new un, unexperienced person will try her best and she's gonna market your art in her own style. You can make suggestions. The best you can do is basically to share your experience. You understand? The best you can do is to share everything you know about statistics of your paintings, for instance, my Sacha art portfolio sells abstract, uh, not flowers, not flowers, abstracts, abstracts, and couple sailboats over the years. And those, those crazy, you know, those alien stellar maps dug out at archaeological excavations in Mesopotamia in 1950s, stolen by students and sold on the black market, and this is how I have them. 
carbon dated 5,000 year old soil, layer of soil, and you can buy them for two, three thousand dollars from me, right? Uh, shipping FedEx anywhere in the world. And they sell like hot potatoes, oh my God. Who would think something sells better on the internet, and, but not live? Flowers sell very well on the wall, in a gallery, in my studio. You understand? When people come and interact with those flowers face to face. But abstract sells better on the internet. So this information needs to be, you know, uh, shared with your potential art dealer. And later, you know, the dealer, like I said, will make his own conclusions. You're not going to tell the dealer how to sell shit because your dealer already knows how to sell, sell stocks and real estate or whatever. You know, he has been selling for 20 years. It better be somebody with business experience. You understand? It better be a good car salesman. You have a friend who is a car salesman and he's doing pretty good. Five, ten years in business selling people cars. He probably will be able to sell your artwork on the weekends, organizing barbecues in his place, inviting, you know, networking. It's all about networking. Let me tell you something. It's all because art market, it's not like a sneakers, shoes, or lingerie. Everybody needs nice shoes, right? Everybody needs nice jacket. Everybody needs, you know, Mercedes or Toyota car, and they sell them by the millions. Art is not a refrigerator item. This is luxury item. And it's more luxury than the Rolex one of my collectors bought for $30,000. So it's, art is more luxury because this is actually a spiritual artifact you have created in the process of spiritual self-discovery. It is an epic statement about today's civilization, ideas, contemporary trends, everything is mixed up, right? But it's a spiritual, that's why people pay for it. You understand? They don't pay for some fucking thick or thin layers of paint on a canvas. Who gives a shit, right? So, what I'm trying to tell you, when you groom an art dealer, would it be overseas, would it be in your hometown, somebody who is a potential to sell your artwork, your job is to talk your guts out. Just basically explain why you paint, why you're painting dogs and birds and, and all kinds of shit. And keep on going. Your mouth must like ricochet like a machine gun non-stop so people can't fucking stop you, okay? This is how you need to behave. Thank you for listening. 30 minutes.